Welcome to the Brentwood Church Audio Podcast. As always, you can jump on over to brentwoodchurch.org or your favorite social outlet where you can find Brentwood Church and see what God is doing in this community. Now let's take a listen to this week's teaching. Love it. I love it. I love this Sunday. Uh, twice a year, we get to talk about why we serve, how we serve, uh, what happens when we do serve. Uh, today is Volunteer Sunday. We are prepping uh, for the fall, uh, winter, spring season, eight months of serving. But we are also thanking all of you men and women uh, who served in a very intentional and strategic way over the summer months, uh, from tech arts to Brentwood Music, uh, from host teams to Brentwood Kids. Uh, from journey uh, team to uh, to engage team, uh, I mean, in all of those different ways in between. Our prep team, the people who come here at 5.30 in the morning to set this auditorium up to become a gathering of the Church of Jesus Christ, and then the teardown team who come in and make it all go away uh, so that this can be a school um, this coming fall. It is exciting to see so many men and women who do what they do to see to it that this church is what it is in this community. Here's what we know. Those things don't just happen. Transformational environments don't just happen. And you saw that in, in kind of that little spoof there, that, that if volunteers don't show up and they're not equipped and they're, they're not led and organized in a way, then these things don't just happen. They are led they are equipped and they are empowered by people who say, I have a heart and a hand, put me in the place of greatest demand. This may not be the role I'm in forever, but this is a role that I can begin to learn more about this church, serve this church, get to know other people and see what God is going to do through my life and through my serving. And that's what today is. It is a celebration, but it's also an invitation. And so I want us to experience that today. Turn with me to a Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, if you're new to the scriptures, that is in the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to be on the screen behind me in just a second. Verse 5, in your relationship with one another. By the way, a volunteer just put that up there. Isn't that awesome? Thank him right now for pushing that button. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, And and that's what I love. It's like none of this just happens. Uh, Things that sometimes we go, oh, wow, that just appeared on the screen. The magical genie. No, no. A volunteer got up at 5.30 this morning to help set all this up and to prepare, prepare to put the word of God on that screen. In your relationships with one another, here's what Paul is talking about. He's talking about our relationships with one another. He's talking about the body of Christ. He's talking about how we get into each other's lives, how we aren't just doing this on our own at home, watching a podcast or watching you know, some church service on TV. Nothing wrong with that, but that is not what it means to gather with the body of Christ. It means that we gather with the body of Christ and we have relationships with one another. We can't have relationships with all 150 in this room today, but we can have relationships with five or 10 on a serving team or in a a community group. We're going to get to know them. And then we're going to be a part of this, what happens here on Sunday mornings. Um, Towards the end of our time together, we're going to sing together. And when we sing together, that means that a bunch of musicians got off of work this week came to a rehearsal 
and took their craft and their talent and the things that they have been working on, some of them since they were six-year-old boys and girls in their room up there trying to learn Jimi Hendrix or, or you know, No Doubt or whoever, um, anybody in between, Brian Adams, they, they, were, they were going, you know, if I could just play guitar someday. And now here they are, they're driving uh, on, a, on a Tuesday night after they get off of work to, to be at a rehearsal where they've gotten the music in advance by somebody who prepared it. They listened to it Monday night, got there to practice on Tuesday so that they could be here today to lead us with their hearts and their giftings. It doesn't just happen, does it? It's led, it's equipped, it's empowered by people who say, hey, sign me up. I'm ready to go. And I could keep going, I could tell the story, but here's what Paul is saying to this church. When you look around to one another, your relationships with each other matters. But here's how that relationship gets always put into perspective. He says this, have the same, and I want you to say this word with me, one, two, three, this word, mindset. Let's say it again, one, two, three, mindset as Christ Jesus. What what is Paul talking about here? He's talking about our inner perspective, how we see one another, how we see the world, how we see the purpose by which we exist and how that informs our outward behavior. That's what mindset means. Inner perspective, outward behavior. In today's terminology, we'd say attitude empowers action. You know, when we have a certain mindset, it affects our attitude and our attitude is what engages us in action. It's what affects our behavior. And here's what Paul is saying to this church. Hey, take on a mindset of Christ Jesus. When you look around at one another and then you look at the world beyond your gathering and, and, and this church family, this spiritual family, look at it through the mindset of Christ. I want to spend the next 25, 30 minutes talking about what in the world is the mindset of Christ? Why should we care? And how is it going to change the way we walk out of here today? But first, let's pray. And then let's say, Father, we love you. Get in our stuff. Get in our hearts. Get in our minds. Challenge our suppositions. Reignite our passions, convict us, press on us in areas that we need to just get right with you. Inspire us, God, with story, your story and each other's story, stories of healing, stories of restoration, stories like Nick and Beth who volunteered at this church for years and then decided it's time to go and do something at a new and deeper level. We're so grateful for this opportunity. We're grateful for Jesus that we get to, talk, we get to sing to you today because you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, to live, to die, to resurrect, and to promise us that he will come again as he's prepared a place with you forever. We have joy in this life and we have hope in death that it all means something. And in this moment, capture all this together and make it an offering to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, stand up. Right now, say hey to some people around you. High five, handshake, do that thing you do. Spread the love, introduce your guest. If you brought a guest today, say hey, this is my front friend Bill. This is my sister Jill. Yes. Mm. That was good, wasn't it? That was good. Uh, my wife and I um, dropped our kids off at Collide Student. We have two middle schoolers now. That's crazy, man. What just happened in my life? 
So I have two middle schoolers. We dropped them off at Collide at the ETR campus uh, a couple Wednesdays ago. We're excited. We drive up and say, hey, we're going to slow down about 20 miles an hour. You guys roll out because we got a date tonight. So we slowed down about 20 miles an hour, and the kids just kind of rolled out, you know, brushed themselves off. Had a couple, little bit of road burn, but no big deal. You know, just going in there and praise Jesus, we've got a date planned, right? So we, we did that thing, and we dropped them off, and we decided we were going to try uh, a new restaurant in town uh, because there's never any new restaurants in Lynchburg. So we just decided there's a new one. Okay, maybe you guys didn't get that. There's always a new restaurant in this town. Always somebody living the American dream. I love that about this town. Small town, big ideas. So new restaurant, new restaurant in town. We're like, hey, let's give it a shot. I'm going to do something different. We always go to Chipotle. Let's go do something different, right? So, okay, so we're going to go to this new restaurant. We pull into the parking lot, and there's only a couple cars there at prime dinner hours. That's not a good sign, okay? But, hey, it's a Wednesday night. We figure, you know, hey, it's a new restaurant in town. Maybe it hasn't caught on. Uh, Tammy's a little suspicious about it, but she's willing to, to, you know, to check it out. So we pull in the parking lot. She says, look, I'm going to stay here. You go see what's on the menu and come back and report. So I walk over across the parking lot, and there's a menu on the glass window. And I can see the customers, a couple of them, in, in, the, in the dining area of this restaurant. And I'm looking at the menu. Here's what I've realized about the menu. The menu was giving me an understanding of the mindset of not just the food, but also the understanding, the attitude of the business itself, you know, where, where they were coming from and, and what they thought of me as a potential customer. All throughout this menu of entrees and specials, there, was these, there were these little passive-aggressive statements to the customer. We don't refill this. We don't do that. You know, we don't take this as payment. And we hate you. Don't come in here. You guys get what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Maybe you've worked for that person who, who, she's just, who manages through memo, little passive-aggressive statements. If some people would stop, you know, putting their coats here, you know, or they send out a little, a little, little email that says in all caps, if some people would just stop, and what they really mean is you, right? Well, that's what was on the menu here. It was just, it was just telling me, hey, th- this is our mindset. This is what we think of the customer or the potential customer. This is why we're in business, if you will. So while I'm looking at this menu taped on the window there, uh, a, a waiter, a server comes out with a menu in his hand, and he says to me, sir, would you like to come on in and have a seat? I said, well, I'm just actually just looking at the menu right now, but would you mind if I took that menu? My wife is in the car. I could just take it to her and, and show it to her. Would that be okay? And this is what he says to me. I thought, you know, he'd be very accommodating and say, absolutely, take it. You know, we want you. He says to me, I'm going to have to check with my manager on that. Your manager, it's $1.50 at Staples that you ran this menu off. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid I'm going to steal it? This is what I'm thinking in my head. And you're not empowered by the, the people at, top, at the top to give a menu, to give out hospitality. You're in the hospitality business. Look at me. Stop. Don't give me the menu. That's what I wanted to do. I have to go check with my manager. Okay, but hey, man, just so you know, I'm not going to take the menu. I'm just going to go show it to my wife. Yeah, I, I got to check with him. I, I, that, that's not a call I can make. Okay, all right. So he goes inside, and, he, and, and you know, he, he goes to the manager. I can see him. The manager kind of comes out of the kitchen, and they're having this conversation. And clearly, from the, from the, the dialogue that, that I could see them having through the window, the answer was no. No. 
I don't want that menu leaving this restaurant for those potential customers who might steal it. So you get what I'm saying. You get the mindset. You get the mentality of this group of people who are trying their best to offer a service to the community. Or are they? Are they? Because here's what what you have to understand. What I took away from that moment was that I, the potential customer, existed to keep that guy in business and on his terms and on his terms only. His preferences, his comforts, his suspicions of me, of what I might or might not do to his business as a potential customer. What it said to me is he is not in business as a service to the community I am a potential customer to keep him in business. What do we call this? We call this an insider mentality. And if you're in the hospitality business, it is a death nail. Some of you know that because you don't go back to that restaurant that you saw two years ago that is now closed down. Why? It wasn't because it was the bad food. It was because of the mindset. There was a mindset there. And you know something? We as human beings, we can have the same mindset. We can have an insider mindset. We can do this in our homes. You know, we, we get up, we go to work, we work hard all day. Maybe you go to school, yeah, you do that thing. Yeah, you, know, you, 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 you come home from, from a hard day's work or a day at school, and then you got to get little Joey to, you know, practice. And then after practice, you got to, you know, go through the drive-thru. And then after you go through the drive-thru, you got to get him over here to this other practice. And then you got to get little Sally over to Swahili practice. She's got a tournament, a Swahili tournament coming up this weekend. And, you know, she's practicing boom, bop, boom, jumbo, you know, all that stuff. Right? Finally, you know, then Saturday comes and man, you just, we, we're up, we're out there to the Swahili tournament and then, and then Sally's got to get, you know, over here and then, you know, mom has to take Joey over to his thing. And, and, and then by the time we get home, we're just like, I don't even, if I have neighbors, I don't want to see them. You know, if there's people who live in my neighborhood, I don't want to talk to them because I'm exhausted. And we don't want people messing with our routine. We don't want them messing with our deal. We've got it. It works for us. And we're doing that thing that we're doing. That's an insider mentality. It's not hospitable at all. It's about us. It's about our preference. It's about protecting our comfort. It's about protecting our routine. Let me tell you something. A church can do the same thing. In fact, the church that Paul is writing here is talking about that very thing. He's saying, hey, hey, hey. You guys have lost perspective a little bit. Man, you've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's transformed and healed your life. It's brought joy to your life. It's brought hope to your eternity. Awesome. But what happens is it only takes a year or two. It only takes a half a generation, whatever, for them to suddenly think, hey, let's just kind of make this about us. Let's come in and sing our songs and have our sermons and have our ministries that sort of affirm that. Yeah, 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 I know there's a world out there that's lost and that's dying, that's unchurched and unbelieving, but we, we're good. And anybody who, who, who would drive by and think, oh yeah, let, let me go see what's going on with them, we kind of look at them like, hey, 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 read the menu. Read the menu. You know we don't do that. You know we don't do this. You know you should never ask that. You know that you need to measure up to this. Well, could you let me take that menu? I'm not empowered to do that. Only my pastor is. He's the one who serves and ministers to everyone here. He makes all of the decisions here. I can't even give you this. 
It's an insider mentality. And churches can fall to it. In fact, the first century church, all, all of the letters that Paul is writing to are to the church that's sort of lost their way, sort of forgotten what the gospel is about in their own lives and in the life of the world that God so loved that he's placed them in. And so he writes to them and he says, hey, remember this. Look around one another and take on the mindset of Christ Jesus. Don't you get into an insider mentality, church. And so what does he begin to do? He begins to describe exactly what is the mindset of Christ. Who, verse 6, being in the very nature God. What does that mean? It means he is the son of God who became the human Jesus, who lived a human life. And he took on the nature of God, but did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Jesus is the ultimate insider. I mean, you don't get any more insider with God than to be the son of God who has come in flesh. Even though he put human limitations on his life, he is still intimate with the heavenly father. And here's what Paul says. He says, Jesus, the son of God, whose mindset you should have, an attitude that informs your actions, is the ultimate insider with God. And here's what he does with his insider. Here's what he does with the fact that he has the power, he has the knowledge, he knows everything there is to know about God. Look what he says. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a, say this word with me, one, two, three. Ooh, say it again. One, two, three, servants. Taking the very nature of a king, a general, a boss man. Right? No, a servant. So back up for a second. Church, look around at one another. Take on the mindset of Christ, the attitude, the inner perspective that informs your outward behavior. When you become an insider, because you will know and experience God, because that's what happens when you embrace the gospel, you get to know God more and you experience him more and it informs your actions. He says, do this. This is what's gonna happen when you become the ultimate insider with God. You're going to be a servant. What? I'm going to be what? You're going to be a servant. You mean the more I get to know God, the more I experience God, the more I'm going to serve people? That doesn't make sense to me. You would think the more power and the more presence that I get, the more knowledge that I get, the more I see what's behind the veil, the more, I, the more understanding that I have that I would go, Therefore, everyone should come to me. I should be the voice. I should be the one. You should serve my preferences. You should serve so on and so forth. And we get this mentality sometimes as Christians. Let me tell you something. And you can disagree with me. Just sign it. Here's the deal. The people who are unchurched and unbelieving in this community, and we live in a church, I call it Church Vegas, Churches everywhere. And, you know, there are great things about that. Okay. But here, here's the deal. 
the people who, who live in this community who are unchurched and unbelieving, and they have their reasons, they are not going to accept your invitation to come to one of our gatherings because of our political views. Yeah, I mean, think about that. You, you step outside of yourself, you take on the mindset of Christ, you become hospitable, you invite your neighbors into your life, you come into their life, you meet them where they are. Hey, man, I just, you know, come on. And before it's over, it's like, man, what, what's up with you? Why, why are you, well, you know, it's my faith in Jesus Christ. What's up with that? Well, you know, let's talk about it. And next thing you know, you know, why don't you just, why don't you come to one of our gatherings? Here, here's what you need to know about our gatherings. Man, we have an amazing political platform that you are gonna love. That's not what people are going to come to church for. Unchurched, unbelieving people who, who are in your life and in your circles of influence aren't going to come here because you're going to describe to them our rituals and our liturgy. Man, you got you to come to my church because, man, our rituals and our liturgy are going to blow your mind. It's just awesome. They're not going to come here because of our view on social issues. Oh, you got to hear my pastor's view on this. Oh, you got to you got to hear you got to hear this. Let me tell you why unchurched and unbelieving people would come to a gathering like we're experiencing right now because they're here right now. I've talked to them after first service in the lobby. Okay, and, and let me tell you why they're here. They're here because they know that God is moving in a group of people, and they can't explain it, and it's irresistible and contagious to them. You see, when we take on the mindset of Christ and this life doesn't become about us anymore and we start giving away more and more of the real estate of our hearts and our agenda over to Christ and we become insiders, we experience and we know God more and more. We know his word, we know what he's doing, we know how he's moving. It makes us less prideful and more humble. It, let, it, it makes our life and our time and our energy and, and, and what we give our hands to and what we give our lives to less about us and more about the things of God. And the things of God are always about a God, a world that he so loves that he would give his one and only son to. You see, that's the difference. And when people see that and when people sense that, that is contagious, that is irresistible. In fact, when we look at the first century church, the very first churches, the churches that, that, that Paul is writing to here, that there, there were tipping points in church history. And let me, let me describe one of them to you. When, when the plagues would break out in these big cities in the Roman Empire, all the Roman citizens would leave while other people, their countrymen, were dying in the cities because of the contagion. So while everybody else is leaving the cities while their neighbors are dying of these contagions, guess who was running into the cities? The Christians. The Christians were running into the city, putting their own lives on the line, and they were healing the sick, they were taking care of the sick, they, they were caring for the dying. And the whole while, these people were saying, why would you do this? And you know what that, just like what Nick and Beth are doing, you know, when a, when a, when a, when a, when a migrant worker who's come from Pakistan, who's working their fingers to the bone seven days a week, 14, 15 hours a day on pennies, all of a sudden here's the story of a God who loves them, loves them so much that he would give his son to die for them. All of a sudden, that love and that hospitality become contagious. That compassion becomes contagious. Why would you, why would you come into our world? Why, why would you come work alongside of us? Let me tell you why. Because of Jesus. 
And that's exactly what happened in the first century church. There was a tipping point where the, 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 the life of being a Roman and the luxuries of being a Roman and the rights of being a Roman became minimal to the joy and the hope and the love of being a Christian. And it happened because Christians were running into the city when everybody else was running out. You see, that's who we are. We're not people who gather and do church a little bit different. We, 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 don't, we don't just gather and go, okay, we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to put this spin on the church and the gathering. No, we're here to be fired up for something greater than ourselves and to give our hearts and our hands to it. That's why I love twice a year when the elders of this church and the staff of this church and the leaders of this church say, John, go teach as our lead pastor. Go teach why we serve. Now, have there been times in our history where we've forgotten that? Yeah. You know what? And God's grace and his mercy is so patient. And he says, hey, 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 this isn't about you. Don't forget that. This isn't about you. You, you don't exist to, to just exist. The people who come to this church don't exist just to, just to make sure that Brentwood exists. No, no, the people of this church get fired up to take on the mindset of Christ and the church what does what it does, and it creates opportunity, and it casts vision for, for, for a unique and specific mission that God has given this church in this community and around the world. And we say, okay, I'm putting a serving towel around my arm, and I'm going to be a part of that. That's what I'm going to do. And the most entry-level, basic way that we do this is by volunteering at, a Sunday, at, at our Sunday gatherings, partnering with parents in being another voice in their kid's life to train them up in the gospel. That's Brentwood kids. Being hospitable, the most base level of Christianity is hospitality. Just saying, man, we love you. We welcome you. The presentation and the proclamation of the gospel through the teaching of God's word and through the praise and through the worship of music. We see that all throughout the scripture that even people who cannot sing like me, I would never be caught in a sushi bar singing Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Never. But man, start up a song that's about God never leaving me alone. A song that is pulled right from Scripture that I get to... To say, you know, that's my story. That's my story. And I know that's his story too because he's in my community group. And, and man, we're here and we're, we're lifting hands and we're lifting our voices. That doesn't just happen. Doesn't just happen. There's a whole group of people who say every season, every year, sign me up. Here's the bottom line. The more we know and experience God, the more we're gonna serve other people. That's just it. So Christians, I wanna talk to you for a second. Non-Christians, I know you're here, and I want you to be here. And I know why you're here, because of the very thing that I'm talking about. This is a place you can be curious. This is a place you can be cynical, because I hope and I pray and I welcome you to take deeper steps into this community. But if you're a Christian, this right here is not optional. It's not optional. See, the more I know and experience God, I don't become an insider that now says to the church, you be about me. You be about me. You, you, you over there, yeah, you serve me. I know a little bit more and I've experienced a little bit more about God. No, it's the opposite. And that's the whole irony, the beautiful irony of Christianity. The more you know and experience God, the less it's about you. 
the less it's about me. The more I will serve other people. And that's what Paul says to the church. He says, hey, don't forget. This isn't about us and our club and keeping it together and, and minimizing it down to the least common denominator. This is, means we're going to work even harder. We're going to serve even more. This past uh, spring, uh, we could not uh, rent this facility one weekend anywhere in the facility. And so we asked New Covenant Schools in Lynchburg uh, if we could use their facility for the day. They said, yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. That's great, awesome. I was talking to the headmaster a couple of weeks after we were there of that school. I said, hey, was everything okay? You know, is there anything that, you know, did anybody punch a hole in the wall? You know, what, I mean, how, how did we do? He says, wow. He says, you guys backed four trailers into this place and you set up everything. He goes, it was unrecognizable in here. He says, you guys even went to the, 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 the all the way to, to, the, to the point of hanging a sign in our, in our ceiling grid that told people where to go. And this is what he said to me. He says, that was a lot of work. And we, all, we went on to have that conversation, but here, here's, here's the thing. Of course it is. Of course it's a lot of work. Why else would we be doing it though? There's so much at stake. Why would we just slap this together? Why would we just ask 10% of the people, hey, you guys go and set it up for all of us and we'll come and you feed us and all of our spiritual fat and then we'll go leave and be obese Christians in an obese world of knowledge and experience that only leads to selfishness. No, no. That's not the mindset of Christ. Mindset of Christ is we're gonna we're gonna do whatever it takes to see to it that we create a hospitable environment that is filled with people who are equipped and ready to do whatever it takes in a way to give our best. Why? Because this is the kingdom of God in its expression. When a group of people get together to be about the agenda of Christ, there's nothing more contagious. There's nothing more irresistible to somebody who's unbelieving and unchurched than a group of people who say, hey, we're here for you. We're here for you. You know what? Come on in our restaurant. You want the menu? You, you're going you're gonna to have it. Take a look at it. It's okay. It's okay. Whenever you're done, whenever you're done looking at it, we're going to be right here to serve you, to do whatever, whatever you need because we know that once we put that meal on the table, you'll come back and it'll be nourishing and it'll be joy-filling It'll be hope-filling. It will change your life just like it's changed ours. Man, I love that. Look what, look what Paul says. He says, he says and being found in the, in, in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You know, you know what, what, is, what is Paul saying here? Jesus gave his life to serving people. And you know how that informs us as a church, Brentwood? It means that we're never going to outgrow serving. It's not like we become like these 50, 60, 70-year-old Christians and go, well, kind of let the young people, the youngsters do it now. Like there's, there's not that day out there where I just go, okay, I've kind of done my serving thing for the Lord. I'm gonna hang it up. No, here, here's what I would argue. When you're 70, you don't retire, you refire. Can I get a witness? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I heard Ken Blanchard say that today, uh, the other day on a podcast, a guy who's in his 70s now. Somebody asked him if he was going to retire from writing books and, and, and building great companies. He says, nowhere in the Bible does anybody retire. They serve until they die. They produce and they create until they die. John Piper in his book, right, right in, the, in the forward of his book, of Don't Waste Your Life, he talks about this couple in Reader's Digest who couldn't wait to retire and get down to their little place in Boca Raton where they could get up every day and collect seashells and get on the golf course before 10 a.m. That's what he says. He says, what a waste of life. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine having all the wisdom and the vitality and a a marriage that survived decades and you go collect seashells and golf the rest of your days away? Heck no. Heck no. If I get 90 years, I'm going to be sitting across the table from somebody mentoring them. And if I have a voice, I'm going to be teaching and preaching the gospel to somebody who will listen. And that's what, that's what Paul says. He says, look, he, was a, he, was, he humbled himself to the point of death until he died. That's what he did. The very last breath that he had in his human experience, he gave it serving. And here's what's at stake when we serve. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that as the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what's at stake. The people must hear that Jesus Christ is Lord because there is a day where every knee shall bow and acknowledge that. And that's why we serve and that's why we give. And that's why the more we know and experience God, the more we're gonna serve people. That's who we are. And that's the culture of this church. It's the lifeblood of this church. I got this email recently from somebody who came to our church, we were blown away, all caps, with how welcome we felt attending Brentwood. Everyone we met in your greeting team was welcoming, encouraging, and clearly interested in getting to know us. Clearly interested in getting to know us. Isn't that something that they didn't say? And they were fulfilling a job out of guilt and shame. And they handed me this crumpled up bulletin with a sad face and said, I'm only doing it because my pastor wants me to. Here you go. Go in peace. Welcome, encouraged, and clearly interested in getting to know us. Locking eyes with people and saying, you've got a story and so do I. Not just gaining more church members or shuffling more numbers through the doors. Evidently, they have an experience. And, you know, we could, we could, talk, we could talk about that too. And, and, you know, when you go to that restaurant and you see the menu and it says, we don't refill this and we don't do that and don't even ask us for this and don't even think about that. Just come in here and give us your money and get out. Blown away, blown away. I was instantly encouraged. You know what instantly means? Instantly. That's the Greek, the Swahili, and the Hebrew. 
instantly. I didn't have to go home. I didn't have to think about it a week later. Like, I'm just like, whoa, I'm encouraged. You know what encouraged means? It means I have courage. Somebody gave me courage to walk a next step in this journey. Man, that is who we are. Right now, host teams is giving you a card. Let's get practical. I want you to be a part of this. Here's what this card is. Now, if you already filled this out in your volunteer team this morning, uh, don't worry about filling it out now. But if you have not, I want you to take this card. Host teams, come on down and start passing that out. And I am going to explain to you three things that we would love for you to do today with this card. First, re-up. If you are a Brentwood volunteer, we wanna invite you to re-up. Some of you have been serving for the last four months in prep team, in setup teardown, or you've been serving in tech arts, you've been serving in Brentwood Kids, whatever, and you're just like, man, this last four months have been amazing. I've gotten to know these, the, these families. I've gotten to know these kids. I've gotten to know this team, and I just want to re-up. I want to go another eight months with this group of people. We know there's going to be weeks where you go on vacation and you have Christmas and all those things. We know that. We understand that. But maybe today is the day you just re-up and you just say, sign me up. I want to do it again. All right? Rotate, rotate, uh, rotate. We, we need some of you just to rotate. You know, you, you have, you've had a great time in Brentwood Kids or hospitality. Uh, we have guys uh, who are part of the tech team who get here at 5.30 in the morning. And some of them have been doing it not just eight months, they've been doing it for 10 months, 11 months. And you know, here's what we wanna say to a group of people. Hey, I got your back. It's time for you to go do something different and for me to take your place. I'm gonna push that button or I'm gonna set up that wire. I'm gonna do what it was that you were doing so incredibly well over the last few months because you know what? I've got the mindset of Christ and I wanna let you have a break or have a different experience. Prep team, tech arts are big ministries where we need people to rotate into those ministries. Or if you've been here only a few weeks, we'd love for you to sign up for those teams because in order for us to be a portable church, a lot has to go into it. It doesn't just happen. And then finally, rest. We need some of you to rest. We need some of you to check rest, which means that you don't stop serving. You just stop serving here for a little bit. You say, John, that's a big risk. You're inviting people not to serve. Listen, I know the Holy Spirit has the power to inform all of us exactly what we need to do. And I know some of you have been serving so faithfully and so amazingly at this church for the last several months or the last couple seasons. It's time for you to rest and go be a board member at the United whatever, okay? It's time for you to go spend uh, maybe a, a season uh, doing that thing down at that, uh, that, that nonprofit that you've been, it, it, you, you, don't, you don't not serve, you just go serve somewhere differently. And here's what I know. The next time we have Volunteer Sunday, you'll be ready to jump right back in at a new and an exciting place for you to serve. Now, rest means that you've been serving. So if you've, you've been taking the last eight months off and you're a Christian and you call Brentwood home, rest doesn't mean, hey, I think I'm gonna take another rest. Today's the day where you get back in the game and you say, to some great volunteers. I'm gonna rotate in or hey, I'm gonna sign up and be a part of what God is doing here. Here's why. Because when we look around at one another and we take on the mindset of Christ, there's a lot at stake. The more we know and experience God, the more 
we are going to serve people. And it doesn't just start and end on Sunday mornings. There are so many other ways that you can serve. And you can go out in the hallway and you can talk to some incredible leaders and volunteers. In fact, on your way out today, you'll see orange buckets, different than the gray buckets. They're orange. Drop this in. There will be a human being holding one of these who has a heart and a hand who says, man, I've been serving and I can't wait to serve you and I can't wait for you to jump on this train and be a part of what God is doing here. So for the next few minutes, we're going to sing together. We're going to pray together. And then we're going to go serve together. So would you stand with me? And for the next several minutes, as we pray and as we sing, you prepare your life, you prepare your heart to join God in what he's doing in these next few months in this church and get ready for God to blow us away. Father, right now, sweep through here in a uniting wind of your Holy Spirit and unite us to take on the attitude of Jesus Christ who knew you and experienced you the most purely and holy. And he gave his life to serving us, the world that you so love. So today I think about Nick and Bethany who served here as collide leaders, who served here in host teams and so many other areas whom you've called to do new and different things. And we got to celebrate that this morning. Today you're calling some people in a different way to serve the families of this church, but also the families who aren't here yet. Let this fall season, this winter and spring season, be exponential year of new momentum in this church as we get ready to serve. And we get ready to like the beginning of the summer, God, we see Quentin's baptism and all the baptisms who came after that this summer as one of the big reasons, one of the big wins you allow us to see that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and we get to be in his name that I praise.